Welcome to LilyPod episode 58. Men, let's not underestimate our women. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Welcome, LilyPod listeners, and uh, we're excited about this subject today. Uh, it's the corollary, actually, to the subject we discussed last week. The title was uh, Men or Women, Let's Not Underestimate Our Men, and today we're going to talk about Men, Let's Not Underestimate Our Women. And uh, men and women are different in many ways, and of course, those ways are highly variable according to the personality and unique gifts of each individual man or woman. But we think it's important to talk specifically to uh, how we understand each other and the way in which uh, our gifts and talents and emotional capacity could be overlooked by members of the opposite sex. And, uh, you know, one thing that kind of springs to mind on this, Kathy, is I remember being involved in a Facebook uh, exchange on uh, Julie Diazavito Hanks' uh, uh, page. She's a prominent therapist here in Utah, and somebody was was talking about how they felt women sometimes get shortchanged in Latter Day Saint culture, and I pointed out that you know you'd never hear a specific rebuke given to women from the pulpit in general conference or any other church meeting, but you will, you know, in fact, you'll hear them referred to often as the crowning creation of God. And, but I said, the men will get a rebuke. You know, you'll, you, we've had a number of talks from prominent general authorities about arise from the dust and be men. And the, the, the woman that replied made a very interesting comment. It wasn't confrontational in any way, but she just said, you know, I think that illustrates what I'm trying to say. As women, we need to be taken seriously. We don't need a pat on the head. And I, I think maybe there is an effort sometimes by men to relate to women by flattery and by, uh, you know, building them up in sort of an uncritical and almost patronizing way at times. That can certainly feel condescending if we're being pitied rather than honored for what we can contribute. Now, I don't think that means we should do more shaming in church. <laughs> no, I think we could have less all around. <laughs> right. But I think what Jeff is saying is that if men can be called to the carpet sometimes, if sometimes we might recognize ways in which we're falling short, we can do the same with ourselves. We can do the same for women, uh, not in a shaming way, but in a 
we can be better than we're being. And uh, let's go ahead and do that. Right. Um, although I think overall, we all are very hard on ourselves. And I think we probably could stand more uplifting commentary about <laughs> what we're contributing to the world. But certainly we could all use improvement as well. Right. You know, in the last episode, I mentioned how I, I, I felt that we were missing out on what men could offer in terms of relationships and connection and emotions when we don't give them the opportunity to express themselves in a really wholehearted and open way. Um, just like when we have a conversation with someone and let's say we do all the talking and that person who doesn't do the talking probably had something to share with us. I mean, have you ever ended this a conversation with someone and felt like you really missed out on what they had to say because you just weren't listening? Yeah, or maybe felt bad that I cut them off at some point that they really were about to say something kind of cool or... Right, and when we miss out. And just like those kinds of conversations where we miss out with certain individuals, we can miss out on the opposite sex when we miss understand them or, or if we underestimate what they're capable of. Uh, this can be true in relationships. This can be true in the workplace. Uh, in fact, I think I, I didn't get an opportunity, but I thought when we were doing our last podcast about the fact that we really want to have equal opportunity for all people, all men and women of all races in all careers, right. that the the health, like nurses and uh, therapists and other nurturing roles, teachers are not relegated to women and other professions that we might have originally considered to be a man's thing does not have to be re relegated to men. We can miss out when we're not able to step into our power, to step into our gifts and give the world what we have to offer, which may not always look traditional. Right. I, you know, I've thought about this in terms of my own profession, being an attorney. Um, over half the attorneys in America now are women. And of course, there's three and about to be four women on the United States Supreme Court. Uh, so there has been a lot of movement in our society to open up opportunities that previously women had not uh, had access to. And now I know in our faith, we've sometimes felt torn between that sort of progress of the modern world view and the idea, you know, stated in the proclamation on the family that a woman's place is in the home. Uh, not necessarily in those words, but uh, I think sometimes we've been torn between those. And I, uh, one thing I want to emphasize is the proclamation is, is an important document, and it, it talks about our basic beliefs about family life, but there is also wide latitude for individual adaptation uh, for, a, for a particular family situation. Uh, so I, I think that that's another important thing to, to take into account. Uh, I would also say kind of on a, on a separate note, 
Kathy and I, I mean, we love each other. And I think to a large extent, we understand each other pretty well. Uh, I also believe that uh, we do things differently. We say things differently. And, you know, I was joking the other day, I mean, you hear me on this podcast and I'm kind of long-winded. I can tell a lot of stories and uh, make longer explanations sometimes that are, that are necessary. But in writing, uh, when I'm writing an email about a brief subject, it's usually very brief, one or two sentences. And sometimes Kathy said, oh, that almost sounded rude because it was so abrupt. Um, and she'll write a much longer email, uh, making sure that everybody's feeling good, you know, that we so appreciate your work, even though there was this mistake or whatever. And I'm not trying to say that my way is right or wrong or that her way is. I'm just trying to say that we're different. And I, I think, you know, Kathy and many women are uniquely attuned to, I don't just want to accomplish the task. I want to make sure that the other people involved feel good. And maybe I don't pay as much attention to that as, as I could when I'm crafting a simple email. I just want to get it done and out the door, you know? So. That's interesting. I mean, yes, men and women are different. This is why we're having these discussions and neither one is better or worse. It's just different. And I know sometimes you can really care about what, how everyone's feeling. Oh, absolutely. And if I know somebody's hurt, I will try to make a longer response just to sort of smooth things over or apologize or whatever needs to happen. But I don't, it's not always at the forefront of my mind when I'm in task mode. And actually it's not in mine either. So I really appreciate that you think it is because <laughs> often what I'll do is I'll, I'll do the task and I'll be like, oh, okay, why don't I be a little bit more friendly about this? <laughs> so I guess we all make our efforts in our own ways. Yeah, it's funny when Kathy like sends an email to a man, um, oftentimes, you know, she, she'll come back frustrated and say, well, I asked him five different questions and he only answered the last one. And I'm like, yeah, that's what men do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you uh, if you want five different uh, questions answered, write five different emails because that's what you're going to get. Okay. Good advice. Let's note to women. <laughs> um, but actually, that's not the main purpose of our, our podcast today. It's actually, this has been on my mind a lot because, because Jeff has had this experience where he sometimes isn't appreciated for all that he contributes in our Love and Later Years community, even though he's an equal partner, even though he's equally passionate and involved just simply because he's a man and men are sometimes relegated to not feeling, to not being relationship oriented or connected. And so there's sometimes just this erroneous assumption. And I think sometimes by mistake, but maybe along the lines of the paradigm of our society that men are emotionally inept and, and we want to change that. Right. And part of changing that is by showing men that it is strength to meet their own emotional needs, to take care of their mental health, to go to therapy as needed with, you know, big life changes, that it's okay to not always be the hero. Right. And as women, 
we, if we are going to do that, we have to be in a place where we can show up in loving energy and hear our men and their concerns and not show up in fear or in frustration because they've got feelings. Right. Yeah. And I, I think as a corollary to what Kathy just said, we also need to educate our women that vulnerability in their men is a strength. Uh, because I, I think it's interesting. A, a lot of um, women are uncomfortable if a man is expressing emotion. And yet if a woman were saying the same things, it would seem more normal and natural to them. So I, I just think that's part of our socialization. And we talked a lot about that in our last episode. Yeah. So if you missed it, definitely go back and listen to that. But the reason I'm bringing it up in this one is because I think what we often underestimate in women is our need to self-care. We do so much for others, sometimes at our own expense. And some people believe that is the right thing to do. Some people even believe that is the moral thing to do. But we are human and we all have human needs and our human capacity is limited to the energy with which we have to give. Right. And if we are wise, then we will renew our energy by resting, relaxing, recuperating as needed. And that might sometimes mean setting aside all the tasks of tasks of the day. Sometimes it might be setting aside being there for other people for a moment so that we can rejuvenate ourselves and then show up better. Right. I mean, Kathy and I were talking about this earlier off mic, and I think we both agreed that sometimes the best thing you can do, the most productive thing you can do is to rest. And uh, a lot of women have just had it you know, trying to be all things to all people and, and, and meet everyone's needs and feel responsible to make sure everything happens. And many of them are, are working as well as doing the majority around the house. And so uh, that's something I think we men need to be sensitive to. Brene Brown described this as, um, if you show me a man who can sit with a woman who has just had it, you know, when she's not being sweet and sexy and and nice, but she's just had it. And she's telling you about all of the things that she's fallen behind on or whatever. And your first response is not, I unloaded the dishwasher. Then uh, she'll show you a man who's done a lot of work. And I think that's true. As men, sometimes we want to play Mr. Fix-It. We want to make a suggestion that will make this easier on her next time or whatever. Or recommend that she see what we're doing as enough. And right. so why, why are you even bothered by anything? Right. We can be defensive about it, even if she's not blaming us for anything. And so, so yeah, I think that's, uh, I think women have a natural many women at least have a natural tendency to be nurturing, to want everything to be okay for everyone. I mentioned in the last episode that um, in Wild at Heart, John Eldridge wrote that men tend to seek adventure where women tend to seek safety. And while there are plenty of exceptions to that, I think there's something to that. And women want to build that safe nest around their little baby birds, you know, uh, and they want they want us to, as, as their husbands, to, to feel good too. And when you're dating, uh, men pay attention to that. Uh, 
if your girl is really nurturing and she gives you a special gift she spent a lot of time on, you know, show real appreciation um, for what she's done for you because it's not just the gift, it's, it's the feeling that she's put into it, the energy she's put into it. Uh, so that's one, you know, one area that I would, would look at is try to appreciate um, all of the little contributions the women we love uh, try to make in our lives. You know, that just made me think that underestimating maybe what women are contributing because sometimes it's invisible. Sometimes it's invisible when we've picked up the same toys about 20 times in one day. Uh, or all of the things we might do when our children are at school and our husband is at work, uh, all those things that we, we do just, they're just expected almost. And so in some ways, when we underappreciate, we're underestimating what is being done. Yeah. And I can understand this, uh, at a level that a lot of men can't because for one thing, Kathy and I both have careers. And so I do more around the house than a lot of men do. And, you know, because Kathy's busy with other things as well. So we, we both pitch in and I do feel like sometimes a lot of it's invisible, you know, that toilet just cleaned itself that, you know, that door hinge got fixed all by itself or whatever it is. Um, and I, I can understand why many women feel like if the house is clean and there's a hot meal on the table, that it's not really fully valued. It just kind of looks like it happened by magic. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, and I was also, I was thinking about what you were saying about men and women, you know, valuing each other, that, you know, that the door swings both ways, that uh, we may be underestimating our men in their emotional capacity and, maybe in their need to be vulnerable, their need to seek mental health, just as we're underestimating women and their humanity and their need to rest and recuperate and, uh, and renew their energy. Right. So I think in a lot of ways, we're really talking about the same thing in reverse. And maybe we're just having some subtle differences in the male female aspect. But well, really, we just want to all be listened to a little bit more. We all want to be appreciated a little bit more and to be able to contribute our very best self without being thwarted by paradigms that aren't serving us. Right. You know, another insight from Wild at Heart that I, I liked along the lines of what Kathy was just talking about, um, of course, we all, we all have emotion. Now, men and women sometimes express them differently. But John Eldridge said that men are very passionate, uh, that they, they want to love their wives intensely. And that isn't always fully understood um, by, by women because they're us men usually aren't quite as verbal. But he says that wildness that we have, that sense of adventure makes us... Um, want to love passionately to protect our, our wives and, and, uh, prevent them from hurting whenever we can. And on the other hand, uh, I've heard Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife say that we assume a lot of times that, 
men are the sexual beings and women are kind of there serving them. And she says, actually, women have a higher sexual capacity than men. And it's true. You know, uh, uh, if a man and woman know what they're doing, I mean, they might produce, and I'm assuming these are married men and women, but they, they may produce five or six orgasms in one sexual encounter. A man, he's one and done. Um, and some men underestimate women's capacity in that regard. Sometimes us as we, we as women underestimate our own capacity in this regard. Right. And I personally really value my capacity for pleasure. I like to see it that way. And I like to please that way. You know, it takes vulnerability, though. That's right. It takes vulnerability and connection. And it takes two people. That's not right. well, one, not one person dominating all of the relationship realm, like what we talked about in the last episode. Right. And we really do ourselves a big favor when we're all showing up in the connection, relationship, emotional capacity realm. Right. And we can lovingly teach one another the various ways that we communicate and understand loving emotions and the various ways that we can um, show love for each other. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. There's a running joke in my family, the one I grew up in that one <laughs> mother's day, my dad gave my mother a garbage can. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> But, but it tells you something about, I mean, Kathy can tell you I'm much more sentimental than that. Uh, that's a very utilitarian gift to say the least. Um, you know, Kathy knows I'd rather give her jewelry or perfume or something else, but yeah, Jeff has never done that. <laughs> but I think on the other hand, you know, you look at a man who who does, you know, who gives his, his wife something very practical like that. Well, guys, wise up. Let's, let's, you know, let's also spoil them a little bit. But if you, if you get something really utilitarian, like a blender or a garbage can or whatever, you know, maybe he really put thought into that and did the best he could. And maybe it is something that's going to be really useful around your house. So well, and this goes back to appreciation. Do we want to un underappreciate a gift that we judge to not be enough? Or do we want to appreciate the thought? Do right. We want to appreciate the gesture. Right. And for that matter, the newness of the, the object, because I mean, new garbage cans can be nicer than old ones. For sure. And, and if it, you know, he probably thought of it as a way of sort of beautifying the back porch and making, making it seem uh, more up to date. You know, I, I think a lot of us looked at that and thought, oh man, dude, you don't have a clue. But uh, how old were you at that time? I don't know, 10 or 11. <laughs> and at that time you were already thinking dad. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, not to bag on my, my dad or anything, but there, there are certain um, ways that men and women see things differently. And, and uh, so if you get a really utilitarian gift from your man, 
you know, don't, uh, don't sweat it. I mean, I, I got a convection oven from Kathy once when we were dating, pretty utilitarian thing, but I put it to good use and it was great. It was a great benefit where I was living. It happens to be one of my favorite kitchen uh, gadgets because you, as a single person, especially you can put a lot of things in the toaster oven and not heat the whole house, not heat the whole oven, not have to wait all that time. It's more quick and efficient and I thought it was great, especially when my kids were gone and I was only heating something up for myself. Right. Yeah. And we use the convection oven in our house a lot here too. So, and I don't think Kathy would be offended if I got her a new convection oven for her birthday or something like that. No, it's about um, time for replacement. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I think the, the message in all of that is, um, is it a more sentimental gift or a more utilitarian gift? Well, either way, uh, whether you're a man or a woman, try to appreciate what your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend has offered you. And really, it isn't about how useful or sentimental the item is. It's the feeling the person was trying to convey. So I want to get back to the what are we underestimating in women thing. I mean, with men, it was their ability to show up as relationship uh, and connection and emotionally oriented. It, with women, I mean, because we don't generally have a, a problem with that. Usually we will seek help when we need it. We will connect when we want to. Uh, we, you know, as, as women, we're seen as nurturers of emotion and, you know, taking care of owies in kids and helping them feel better. And, you know, that, that isn't the issue for us. I think some, and, you know, in the past we've, we've been underestimating women and their, their education, their brilliance, their capacity to decide on a candidate and to vote. I mean, there, there's been a lot of things in the past where we really underestimated our women. And I don't feel like we live in a day and age where women are now looked at as less than. I, I do feel like we have a lot of opportunity. In fact, so much opportunity to be mothers, to be career people, to be married or single, whatever we want. Whatever we want is sky's the limit. I think what we underestimate most for women is is our need to replenish. Right. And I think that's the thing I women know, probably most underestimate in themselves. Yes. And I know I've said that before, but I cannot emphasize it enough. And that is what I, I wanted to mainly really get at in this episode is that as women, we can burn out. I mean, all of us as humans can burn out. In fact, we're not we're not impervious to this. In the human condition, we get ill, we get uh, incapacitated, we get dis-ease because we are not at ease. Right. So this is so, so important. And we sometimes don't realize how important until the dis-ease hits, this dis-ease, this, uh, the the breakdown of our bodies, the, the hormones that are going crazy. Uh, the, and Kathy's alluding here to her own experience. I am. Um, I, I want to talk specifically to single moms because I know you have a lot on your plate and my heart feels so much compassion for you because I've been there and I know what that's like. There's a lot of pressure 
Um, same, same thing for single dads. Single parents have a lot on their plates. And I think we can sometimes live on adrenaline, live with no sleep, go day after day trying to do everything for everyone. And eventually we crash. Right. We do. And I know there's not an easy solution when you know there is limited time in your day and something's got to give. Just make sure that what is giving is not your ability to show up in your life and do what is needed. Right. And that might sometimes mean the thing that needs to give is the thing that you really want to do for someone else but can't. It might be mean bringing a more balanced perspective to your schedule and to your mind and your attention and your focus to make sure that self-care, you're doing at least enough to, to continue living, to continue uh, thriving at least to the degree that is needful for your roles as a parent and, and your role in this world. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's very true. And and one little word to the wise for for men uh, and the way you approach the women in your life in this re regard, I just want to tell you a little a little experience happened yesterday, which was not uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I noticed that there were a bunch of dishes in the sink, and we were getting ready to go to the Lily dinner. Some of you were there, and. Uh, I knew, or I strongly suspected that we would be late getting home. And we were, we ended up getting home at like 1am or something. Uh, because we made a, an appearance at a dinner party after that. Well, uh, um, uh, just a game, game night. Right, game night yeah. that some people were having. And by the way, and, at the time this episode airs, this, this will have been a few weeks ago, but right, uh, yeah, what Jeff is talking about is what happened. Right. And I, I took, uh, the initiative to do those dishes as Kathy was getting ready, get them in the dishwasher, because I knew if we got home, however late it was, if there were dirty dishes in the sink, she was going to want to do them. And she was going to push herself to do it, even if she shouldn't. And so I, I'm not asking men to, to enable anything dangerous or wrong, but at the same time, you know, if you know your wife's carrying a load and that by the time, you know, she gets around to this or that thing, she's going to already have had it. Try to watch for those things. I don't always see them, but I'm, I'm trying. And I think that's good for a good thing for men to, to think about. If you see her and see that she's just completely had it. Well, show a little compassion. That'll make her feel loved as much as, anything else you can do. And by show compassion, I mean also <laughs> get your hands dirty and help get those dishes in the dishwasher. Um, I sure appreciated that. Thank you. Uh, you know, you said make her feel loved. And I know you didn't really mean it that no, way. No, because you can't. <laughs> you can't really make anyone feel anything uh, because our thoughts come from, or our emotions come from our thoughts and the, the way we receive love is, is our choice. We don't, cause you cannot make another person feel your love no matter how much you want to. Right. Um, they have to be ready to receive it and open and all those But those I think things. what you're saying is share it and hopefully they will receive it. Right. Right. And so our capacity to 
both love and be loved is is within us and so that's something i think we often also underestimate in both men and women is our ability to be responsible for our own emotional well-being right and we're here to help each other because this life would be awfully uh boring and lonely if it was just us helping ourselves all the time but we're more of a I mean, it's, it is very important to feel loved. It is very important to, to be needed and wanted and feel part of society. But that is something uh, that is a that is a situation we can create for ourselves. We, we have a lot of power in our lives to create the kind of life we want by thinking the thoughts that produce the feelings and the actions that lead to those results. Right. And women have a great capacity to do that. Too. I think sometimes there is this perception out there that women are such emotional creatures. And I think their emotions do vary more widely than men's, uh, you know, up and down. But, uh, but be that as it may, uh, I don't believe that women lack the capacity to understand how they're feeling in a given moment and even to shift that when it serves them to do so. We believe that the power within us to shift our mindset and to shift our emotions and our our behaviors and our outcome is is more powerful than we have ever realized before. Right. And it's something that we're trying to apply in our own lives so that we can create the most joy and the most peaceful shalom existence possible. Right. But while at the same time recognizing and having compassion for our humanity and our limited ability to always feel good. Right. Because even though that may be the goal, we know that might not always happen. And when it doesn't happen, it's okay. It's it's really is okay. Right. And we can have compassion for ourselves and each other in all of that. Right. So to summarize a few points, um, not underestimating our women includes not underestimating how much they can do and even to the point of hurting themselves by by trying to do it all not underestimating how much self-care that they need and even care from from the men in their lives uh, is beneficial to them as well uh, not underestimating their capacity in the bedroom uh, we often think of women as less sexual than men when probably the opposite is true. They have capacity for more pleasure in a single encounter than, than any man does. And so we go down this list. There's, there's a lot of unique gifts that women have. I think women tend to be connectors. You know, some of the best business associates that I've had and, and allies when I was in the business world were women because they are connectors. And they help introduce you to the right people that know the right people that, you know, whatever. Uh, I found that women were uniquely good at that in, in the business realm. I also found that, uh, you know, we, we said that men um, are kind of wild at heart. They like adventure and women tend to be more for safety. 
I have found female attorneys that I've negotiated with and worked with are more willing to be creative to get to a, a, a compromise solution than male attorneys are. Male attorneys are more likely on the whole. I mean, I, I'm not going to say this about all of them, but on the whole, they tend to be a little more aggressive, uh, a little more, you know, meet my demands or we'll see you in court kind of thing. So and I there think... seems to be a certain kind of wisdom, I think, that you're alluding to that women have that is unique to them. Right. And I, I think the same is true of men. There's a unique wisdom that men have. Uh, they have a warrior energy. They have strength. And uh, they, they want to be heroes. And as long as they also take care of their humanity and their emotional and uh, mental health needs, then then that is a wonderful strength. And just as women have all of this capacity and wisdom of their own to share as long as they're taking care of themselves in the ways that are needful in order for them to show up as their best selves. Right. At the very first law firm I worked at, my boss was a woman. The senior partner was a woman. And she, she was a very effective attorney, very bright, um, kind of controversial in certain aspects because she was kind of political. Uh, but I would see her go into negotiations and she was tough as nails uh, when she had to be. She would, she would seek for solutions when she could, but she was tough as nails when she had to be. And then she would go back to her hotel room and cry uh, after it was over because it was such a draining experience um, to be in conflict. And I think that gives you sort of unique insight into some of the, the unique gifts of women. Um, and one of the things I think that she experienced was this is all really important and it's not a game. And, you know, I feel bad that anybody has to walk away from this feeling bad. You know, this isn't about lawyering. The show isn't. No, but no. I think the point that I came away with from what you shared is that women have this capacity to show up in a warrior energy and then want to Peace. nurture <laughs> and heal Exactly. And you, you've told me that you felt that you bring the heart of a warrior and the heart of a healer in your own legal expertise and experience, and that that's one of the best combinations for that career. And whatever our career is, whatever our roles are, we can be creative in how we show up in that capacity and balance what is needful. And for men, like I said, they're natural uh, warriors. They're naturally heroes. And women are natural nurturers and um, and healers and connectors, like you said. So we have all of the, these differences. We have all these sim similarities in our humanity. And we just want to be more aware and more supportive and more loving towards both sexes, more appreciative and not underestimating what we have to offer. Exactly. Um, so friends, it's been good to, uh, to discuss this with you. We hope that uh, there's been some insight into some of the unique gifts 
of our women and reasons why we should not underestimate their capacity to bless our lives and to bless the world. Remember, any time is a great time for more love in your life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com.